started putting up messages on Facebook, different Coeur d'Alene people, that it's Coeur d'Alene, Iowa. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, like, don't come. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but they could Google it and find out quickly, but, yeah. Or, yeah. Or we, we've had some really bizarre weather recently, so we like putting that out on Facebook to try to discourage someone from, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We live on the prairie, out on the prairie north of the city, and it's getting invaded every day. There's a new housing development going in. and Because Coeur d'Alene, have anyone been there? Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys. Anyone else? Beautiful. Do you even know where it is? No. It is on a beautiful lake. It's 30 miles east of Spokane, Washington, on the way to Montana. We live in the Panhandle, on I, yeah, I-90. Our church sits right on I-90. And, uh, but anyway, it's a beautiful place. A lot of movie stars come there for refuge because we just let them do their thing and we're not asking them for autographs. But it, it's kind of fun to walk through our the main hotel. It's this huge resort. And you walk through there and you see, oh, Tiger Woods, you see... Oprah was there, what, last year? <laughs> she was in the hotel, and I was like, that's Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Did you say you'd like to meet the true Jesus? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I wanted to run up there and say, yeah, say that. <laughs> yeah. But um, people like that, though. And I got to tell a fun story. We went to, uh, one of our favorite restaurants is in kind of off their lobby called Dockside. And John and I went there. We were with some friends. We love their salad bar there. They have curry cashew chicken salad but anyway we don't have to talk about food today but other than brisket yeah you had me at brisket yeah okay but i even put a little bit of white sauce on top yeah. of that oh, good luck with that. oh he will yeah his portion not mine but um so we were sitting there eating with these with another pastor and his wife and i this is a funny thing but i said john I smell money. <laughs> I don't know what money is. I mean, but somehow I knew that. And I looked over at this one area, and there's a long table with all these men. And they weren't all in suits, so it wasn't like I would recognize that they're probably businessmen. But I started looking at the table, and he said, quit looking at it. <laughs> I said, there's money at that table. <laughs> Which surprised me, because normally the money people eat up on the 13th floor in the owner's dining room. But anyway, so I was looking, and there was Warren Buffett. I'm like, and then a few minutes later, Bill Gates walked in. <laughs> so that really shocked me that they would be in the commoners. It's not that fancy of a restaurant or anything. And I'm like, wow, and all these guys. And uh, later, one of the intercessors in our town, she called me, she goes, Ruth, she said, we need to be praying. There's a whole bunch of money men. That's what she told me. She said they're in billionaires, multi-billionaires, I think. And they were in town as philanthropists trying to see how they could solve world hunger. So, uh, <laughs> that happens in our town. No one was going to their table to, yeah, probably maybe people didn't recognize. I think Bill Gates is quite recognizable. But anyway, um yeah, God's blessed us. We actually live, we call it the land of beauty. And when we travel the world and people know where Coeur d'Alene, they're like, 
why do you leave home? <laughs> it's beautiful there. We go there to vacation. What are you doing here? And uh, so we've been blessed. It's actually John's home church, his hometown. He's born and raised there. Then he went away to Seattle for Bible college where I met him. And then he became my dad's youth pastor. And I was the choir director. And so John always says, yes, the youth pastor ran away with the choir director. And, <laughs> and that's all she wrote. But, um, as long as you didn't take the offer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, rem- <laughs> I remember, too, my, my dad loved this man. I was the baby in the family. Everyone told me, oh, Ruth, you will never find a man good enough in your dad's eyes. And here he is. My dad loved this man. But my dad had this dream that John would take the baton because he was ready to retire. But um, John's heart was at Coeur d'Alene. And he had told me, anybody that marries me, this is before we were dating. And he said, anyone that marries me will end up in Coeur d'Alene because that's where my heart is. And uh, <clears throat> so... I, you know, I was like, okay, I did it very, very soberly because I knew what my dad's plan was. Um, but there we, we got married and a year later is when we moved to Coeur d'Alene. And it's a beautiful place. We've had an incredible body of believers that were always, well, because of him in particular, they were always pushing for more. He was known as the pastor that pushed the envelope. And there were many Sundays we'd go home and John's like, that was really awesome, but there's more. There's got to be more. And I'm going, can't we just enjoy this for a while? (laughs) I was not wanting change very easily. And now I enjoy it. But anyway, so just kind of in a nutshell, we started out quite um, traditionally Pentecostal. And um, nothing wrong with that, but (laughs) we've kind of moved beyond that and I have a my brother that pastors in a denomination that I used I was raised in, and he's still he's waiting for us to return to the mothership. But um, I said, "Well, we've left the planet, so sorry." <laughs> we uh, we love the mothership. <laughs> we love our heritage. It's an inheritance, really, that God has given us, and so we just we just build on that. You just keep building. There's more. There's more. There's always the main foundation. Jesus never changes. His word never changes. Methods do change. And that's probably where I, <laughs> I had my hardest time when we got rid of chairs and brought in, got rid of pews and brought in chairs. Then we got rid of our hymnals. I'm a hymnal person. <laughs> and I'm like, is this even biblical? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm being really honest. There's, I haven't just totally just embraced every change, but boy, I love what Bill Johnson says. If your mind is offended, <laughs> let your heart receive it. So that's kind of the, the source I've had to go to many times. Then when your heart receives it, I believe the vibration, the frequency of what God is doing will just reverberate within you. And you may not totally understand it, but God leads you into understanding. You don't check your brains at the door. <laughs> you do sometimes put your mind on hold just a little bit and let your heart engage. And so um wanted to share that and 
You want something to share? Or you have? You want? You no, want I, something? I thought to she had already started preaching. Oh, I don't know. It was close. Was it? <laughs> she has a pointer finger. You know, when she really gets preaching, that pointer finger comes out. <laughs> Like Mariah Woodworth at her, you know, <laughs> she used to do that, you know, type thing, you know. And um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, she told a lot of the story, uh, but uh, we're we're grateful to be here. One of the things that I, you know, uh, focus on a lot is is something that the Lord landed in my heart. It's kind of a, you know, a shifting life verse for me. And that's out of Jeremiah chapter six and verse 16. And a passage of scripture that is, um, if you hold on to the simplicity of the truth, there's a lot of uh, deep things there. Because it really is about connecting with him and letting him reveal his heart concerning his path for you. Okay? So, basically, uh, there was, you know, difficulty happening with Israel. um, Jesus, I mean... the word says, thus says Adonai, which Adonai, and I'm reading it out, out of the Tree of Life version. Thus says Adonai, which means Lord, stand in the roads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. I'm just going to stop right there because that's a that's a promise to us. If we are, you know, if we are searching for you know, for his pathway for our life. And I was thinking just a moment ago when you were talking about the, the pushing the envelope and, and asking for the more. And I tell people, you don't need any more of God. Oops. Because you have all of God. I mentioned that last night that when you ask Jesus into your heart, you get the full meal deal. Everything comes in you, including heaven, according to the scriptures. Heaven is within. Heaven is that's the reason heaven is at hand, because I can I can pull upon my my sister or you know just the wealth and the riches of heaven from her life. And that's what God is meant for us as his people is to is is the whole idea of bringing heaven to earth. And so if heaven is, is within, then heaven is at hand. I can, I can pull off of the wells of salvation within her and find refuge for my soul in a, in a moment. You know, I can do that from, from within. And so I, I like to tweak people and just say, you don't need more of God. You have all of it within. We kind of forget that when we have a, when we live out of a dimension that has such Terrible things going on around, but that's not my purpose. My purpose is to bring life to that. It's to bring life to that. And I just want to encourage you today. It's time for us to, as I said last night, to adult and bring life to that. In every circumstance, in every situation, God will be ultimately faithful to you to bring situations into your life so that you can have the opportunity to grow your spiritual muscles and change a situation just by words of life or whatever he might direct you to do in a circumstance. I'm excited 
This is, like I said, out of 40 plus years of ministry, I'm excited more now than ever before. Because I, and we're starting to see it happen, you know, kingdoms of this world are crumbling and you and I have the kingdom within and we are to bring that stabilization through understanding, through wisdom, through counsel, you know, um, I, I, I said to something the other night about even, even the seven spirits of God, if everything dwells within, I can pull from the seven spirits of God, you know, understanding wisdom, fear of the Lord, counsel, might, all of those places, whatever I'm needing for a circumstance or situation to shift it in the earthly realm, I have it all within. It's all written there. And I just need to draw from that understanding. I need to draw from that counsel and ask the Lord to bring wisdom in a circumstance, circumstance and situation and see it change like that. Amen? So that's what, uh, that's what we're here for is to encourage you to begin to move out in that from what are, what is already written within. Would y'all just take a deep breath and let it out? Lord, we breathe you in. Mm-hmm. And then we breathe you out. Daily, that is really what we're to do. We breathe you in and then we breathe you out. We'll speak your word. We'll uh, share your love. Thank you for the Ruach, the Ruach HaKodesh, breath, the wind of the Holy Spirit. That even in Genesis 1, (laughs) you actually, you breathe with your breath. In Hebrew, the, the Aleph, it's actually a breath, it's you have to breathe to say it. When God was creating, he, it was actually his breath. Mm-hmm. He took a breath and boom. <clears throat> took another breath. <clears throat> and as I was sharing Thursday night, he took a breath, he created, and then he saw. He saw that it was good. Mm-hmm. He saw that you were good. <laughs> he loved what he created. He loved all of creation, and yet we are the ones that he put a soul into. We are the ones that he longed for creation or for relationship, face-to-face encounter. Mm -hmm. Mm. Can you believe it? (laughs) The God of the universe wants to encounter us. He wants us to encounter him. Yeah, it's always about an encounter. He's a God of encounter. And then we, and I I try not to focus much on the enemy. He wants us to focus on him. So I I try to ignore, (laughs) because when you're focusing on and you're beholding him, where's the enemy? (laughs) He's not, he took a hike. (laughs) And so when we focus on him, but see, he, The enemy doesn't want us to encounter. So he's about 
all about trying to stop any encounter we, we may have. And so, um, but I just get more determined. The more you behold him, the more you want to behold him more. And the more you realize you don't know, <laughs> the more you realize you want to know more. So I just encourage you just to allow yourselves to expand. Allow your capacity to expand. That's what I had to do. I was just, when John was saying you don't need any more, because you really do, you have it all, but we don't always know that. So I believe what you need to do is expand and let him come up. (laughs) Let the well, open the well. Sometimes we have to go in and, by Holy Spirit, get the rocks out of the well. The things that are are blocking the well. So that we can then expand more and receive more from him in that capacity. Yeah. Um, John Crowder, uh, we've been with him. Sometimes he uh, has gotten a bit controversial and all of that, but he, he's a brilliant theologian. <laughs> Actually, I remember he spoke at the healing rooms in Spokane and he walked in and he had like 10 <laughs> reference books. And I thought, Oh, we're going to be here a few days. <laughs> but, uh, he, he made this quote and I, it just really to me, I, I felt this morning I was going to share it leading into what I want to share. And he said, God will not have an end time church. Ecclesia, or in the Hebrew language, it would be a kahal, a congregation that is depressed, cynical, doubting, religious, or powerless. Does that, that kind of describes the church for the past few decades. We've had moments of power and all of that, but overall is what I'm talking about. He will have a people that lives and breathes from a heavenly vantage point. Mm. Have you been there? Mm. If you found a vantage point, keep going there. Because <laughs> then you'll go higher. Uh, heavenly vantage point, even while their feet still touch the earth. Remember the other night we commented about some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. When we need to be heavenly, so heavenly minded we are earthly good. God has positioned us, ordained us to be on the earth. We are not with him right now. I mean, we're with him because he's in us. But you know what I'm trying to say. He so picked you to be a part of earth in 2022. And too many people, I was just ministering to an elderly person a few nights ago in the town we were ministering in. And I was talking to her and she's so ready to be out of here. Because she's tired, she's weary, because she's raising grandchildren. Yeah, because that does happen. But she literally, her daughter is not in the life. She is raising this grandchild who is has some uh, severe emotional dis- you know, problems because of what she's been through. And she said just a few days before I was there, she was like, God, take me out of here. And I said, oh, please don't pray that. (laughs) 
No, your time's not done. Obviously, it's not done. You are still here. She's relatively healthy. And I don't, you know, so I was just speaking life into her. No, there's a purpose. Yeah, it wasn't planned that you'd raise this little girl. That's not really God's best. Right. But thank God for grandparents, especially godly ones, that can step in. You know, people do have problems and God had this grandma right there to take her in. And when she left, she was hoping she'd live a lot longer. And I was like, yes, <laughs> way to go. <clears throat> so this, uh, while still on their, their feet touching the earth, this church will be filled with joy, faith, intimacy. We've been talking about that a lot. We really believe it's the church, it's a person of intimacy that's going to really get it in this hour and they're going to run with it like no previous generation in this day God will not have for himself a purpose driven church you mentioned this last night honey but a presence driven church an intimate bride who is moved and motivated by the cloud of his presence he's looking for lovers not do-gooders. Mm. A people who are enraptured by his fragrance. Have you been enraptured by his fragrance lately? I was getting enraptured by his fragrance down here today. I'd go get the Kleenex. I was undone. One glimpse, you look at him and it, I just, it just undoes me. <clears throat> Enraptured by his fragrance, lost in the eternal weight of his goodness. And I, and then I added, woohoo. <laughs> I'm a woohoo girl. So, but also I, I kind of interjected here when there is agreement between heaven and earth, everything shifts. You, have you felt that? When you come into agreement, when you are in alignment, there is a shifting. That's why I wore this shirt today. It says, holy shift. I say that very carefully. (laughs) Um, I have to say hello to Melissa Joy. She's the one. She usually travels with us. She wasn't able to this trip. It's our first trip without her in several years. And so, hello, she's watching. She's sending us uh, texts of what she's sensing by the Spirit So she designed this shirt and we, actually our whole team has it. There's a shift that happens. God is in the process of changing the face of church. I hope you all know that. In one generation. (laughs) He, it all, that's all it takes. He's in the process of changing the face of the church. It's happening again right now. There's never been such an exciting time to be alive. That's what my husband always says. Sometimes he has to convince me of that. <laughs> this, this is what he says. This is the finest hour for the church. So stop moaning and begging God to get you out of here. There is so much left to do. So much left to do. And you have a whole host of angel Angels, you have all of heaven. You have the cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Because they didn't get to see what we're going to get to see. 
So they're up there and they're cheering us on and Yeshua himself, he promised that if he went away, first of all, he said he would send a comforter and a guide, the Holy Spirit. But then he told his disciples, I will be working with you. Have you ever stopped to think what that means? See, so many times we think, oh yeah, Jesus went away. We know the Holy Spirit came, but he promised that he would still work with us. That's a promise he gave. And I I make him stand good on that. (laughs) I remind him, yes, you may be. I remind him of his promises. I just want to add something to that because this is something that we personally believe. That the Lord is even transitioning our time now into a place where we will be working with the other dimension. We will be working with angelic. If you remember correctly, there are places in the word of God where angelic angels were sent to bring messages. And, and it was something we don't have to be afraid of. We can talk to those angels because they conversed with them. You don't worship them because the scripture says that we're higher than those angels. We have more than those angelic beings, but they work with us to bring understanding and wisdom. So let me tell you something. If you ever have angelic encounter, don't be, that's the reason they say fear not. You know, they say fear not because they're coming into, you know, this dimension. And we, we just have to learn to be okay with those places in the days ahead. Because they will assist you, they will minister to you, they will get help in, in giving you the strength in the days ahead. So keep that in mind. We've also had situations where even um, not, because everybody thinks, you know, that the um, saints that have gone on before, they've died from this realm, but they're very much, they're more alive than you and I. They're just like in another place. And, and people have had encounters with those saints that have gone on before. And, uh, and they've, they've even brought messages that helped in certain circumstances. And I believe that there are unanswered prayers by those who have gone on before that you and I have taken the baton or a mantle from them to continue what has been, what, what needs to be finished up on earth. So, what she's talking about is working together, you know, with the, with, with heaven. And, uh, we'll see more of that. Okay. As we press into him. My daughter was just calling. <laughs> <clears throat> um, thank you. I was just thinking as you were speaking in Hebrews, it tells us that angels are sent. To minister to those that are heirs of salvation. Mm-hmm. And I'm an heir of salvation. Right. So they're sent to me. Um, I'm going to actually, I, you have a, do we have a handout? You, you could probably hand that out if you wouldn't mind, Tim and Fred or somebody. <clears throat> this fir- first part's not on the handout. I wanted to just set just a little setting for it. Several years ago, I was reading in Second Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. And I had, I want to call it, it was just like a huge moment of revelation when I read it. <clears throat> and it says, it talks about being partakers of his divine nature. 
Oh, sorry. Second Peter one three and four. It'll be on your sheet as well. It's one of the main verses on that. But when you read that, you will be partakers. And I know we've been receivers of a lot of things from the Lord. But when you look at that, you're a divine uh, partaker of his divine nature. See, I always had a pictured in my mind for many years. Um, you know, the, yeah, okay, I'm receiving. Jesus is in me. Um, this is a sweet life. This is nice. This is wonderful. We saw healings. We saw all of that. And then if you stop and look about being a partaker within, in, it didn't say within, his divine nature. All that he is, we have access to. That's what John was talking about. You, it's not like you need more of that because you already have access. And so many times when life overwhelms us or whatever, and we're sitting there waiting for him to come. Have y'all been there? I've done that. And then he so sweetly says, Ruth, I already came. I'm waiting for you to release me. I'm waiting for you to expand and come into understanding. And as my husband said last night, adult. (laughs) Which is hard for me because I always said, hey, I didn't grow up by the time I was 50, so I don't have to grow up. (laughs) I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. (laughs) I love Toys R Us stores. And I really do. I go and touch all those toys. Especially when you have grand... Oh, it's not really fun to go to Toys R Us with grandkids, so... Because uh, they want it all. <clears throat> but anyway, to actually partake in his divine nature. What does that even look like? How is that even possible It almost sounds sacrilegious. <laughs> if I can, it's like, what? It, you know, is that um, <laughs> is that just really wrong of me? No, this is what he's. This is his word. This isn't mine. I didn't make this up. Right. He is waiting for us to get the full picture. <laughs> there is a full picture. There is a full meal deal. <laughs> Waiting, and the world is waiting. John already referred to that in Romans. That was another revelation I had. I memorized that scripture when I was a kid. (laughs) All of creation is longing and waiting for the sons of God to arise. You know, I just thought that meant for us to go out and talk about Jesus. No, it's so much more. And all of creation. I was thinking humans. Do you know that the trees and the plants and the animals, they're all waiting too. They are all of his creation. The galaxies. They're waiting for us. Because see, God's waiting for us. (laughs) They're waiting to fully be able to reverberate and fully function 
Because God's people now have taken a stand and we've come into an understanding of who we are. And it has nothing to do with what you do. Our identity for so long in the church even has been what we do. Well, let's see, I teach second grade Sunday school. I'm the worship director. But who are you? Who are you in Christ? And I hope this won't offend anyone, but several years ago we had a a group from Spokane come and sing. They were an incredible kind of a gospel group um, that sang and the one, uh, there was a black girl in the group and so that gave it an incredible sound to them and I was kind of raised around black music. My dad had many black pastor friends and I'd go sing with them a lot. And if y'all remember Andre Crouch, he was in our home several times. He and my brother were friends. And so that's kind of my influence. (laughs) um, Anyway, this girl had written this song. And you know what was entitled? At first it was going to offend me. Who in hell are you? It wasn't who in the hell. Okay, it was not profanity. But it stirred me. I was like, yeah, I know heaven knows my name, but does hell know who I am? Was it Charles Finney that said every day he woke up and said, hello, devil? (laughs) Well, he said, hello to God first. And then he said, hello, devil, we're coming for you, kind of thing. (laughs) The demons trembled at the sound of Jesus' name. Have you scared any demons lately? (laughs) (laughs) Or have you been afraid by them? We've prayed for the demonic. We've seen the deliverance. One of the most profound was in South Korea and went to pray for someone. And she went up like this, spun and fell. No one could catch her. It just was happening. You'd probably have been hurt if you tried to. We shared this story with you. You know, she fell. And of course I was praying, but before you could really get a whole lot of words where she'd hear you, you know, she was very demonized. And it was through one of the three pictures I shared last night. She was, I had three very unusual pictures and her and her mother had come forward. They thought they need physical healing. And so Melissa Joy that I've been talking about, her and I just, we were just like I, I did with that one lady with scoliosis. I didn't even have a chance to touch her. I didn't have a chance to touch this lady. John was actually blowing a trumpet and she, she felt, you know, she was instantly delivered. Instantly. Who in hell are you? Is are, Have you made enough commotion that they're afraid of you? Or have you been like Gideon hiding in the wine vat? <laughs> oh no. The Philistines are out there. We got a lot of Philistines <laughs> today, I think. And hiding, and God, I love the story of Gideon. I just can hardly get away with it. Because when Gideon was hiding here, I believe it was the Lord himself. I believe it was the incarnate, the reincarnate Jesus. Yeshua came to him. And what does he do? Oh, Gideon, you weak, feeble man. What are you doing hiding there? Just the opposite. I'm here to tell you, even if you're hiding in the wine vat... Jesus himself is going to show up. 
And he's going to call to you. Oh, mighty man, woman of valor. Because Jesus looks at you differently than you look at yourself. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I encourage people. We operate in the prophetic. I give prophetic words. But you know what I usually tell people? You don't know me from Adam. You may never see me again. I'm giving you one word. You should always wait for confirmation. Don't. (laughs) We had this happen to someone we know. They went home and sold the family farm on one word. And it didn't work well. They lived in, well, we live in an RV by choice. (laughs) They had to live in an RV, not by choice. And so always, always line up any prophetic word you get should resonate Jesus. Let it resonate him. That's a sidetrack. That was a freebie. I got to get going here. I still have to get through our list. I'm in the middle of writing a book that I've been in the middle of writing it for a few years now (laughs) on worship. Worship behind door number four, the Revelation 4 door. Um, And this is when I really had this revelation. I was sitting at Larry and Wilma Rich's home overlooking the river. They'd put us out in their sun house, and we were both writing our books. And I I had started having more of that revelation, but I was sitting there, and it just inundated me. And I couldn't write that first day when that hit me. I'm sitting there, I had a deadline, we were only going to be there so many days, and I was trying to time it all out. But you know what? I just sat and let it happen. There are more important things than writing a book. I needed to get it in me before I'm sitting here looking like the expert. (laughs) I'm still not the expert. (laughs) I don't proclaim to be. I just claim that I opened my heart, Yeshua and the Holy Spirit, Downloads. They download things to me faithfully. So 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. I was getting into that. Divine. I wonder, I like to do word studies and so I define them. Divine is as, um, it's of, from, or like God. Devoted to God. Sacred. It's sacred, this divine. We have this time that we are partakers in a sacred moment. Sacred, um, his divine nature, his sacred nature. It didn't say we participate or we partake in his earthly nature. We literally partake in his divine nature, his sacred nature. Providence or God, excellent, delightful. It's delightful. I stand in awe of it though. It's not something to play with by any means. It's a hallowed responsibility. It's a, oh goody, we get to. And yet in your heart, it's oh goody, we get to. It's joy. There's joy unspeakable when you are participating in the divine nature 
of Christ himself and you get to see miracles. I take no credit other than I was willing to stand. Actually, John shared with you, he didn't share the part that, I mean, you gave it a little bit, but you didn't know the fear and trepidation I was having inside of me. When I I said, okay, the team's going to spread out across the front of the church. And so I joined them and I said, we'll pray for you as you come. And here come this lady all shriveled. And that's when <laughs> my um, self got involved and I'm looking for the man of God to come and help me pray for her. I think it's important that y'all know what it feels like for us too. Sometimes we we look like we just do this and don't have any thought. <clears throat> Sometimes it's better if you don't. <laughs> just do it. <clears throat> but that's when God so loudly said, Ruth, and this all happens in seconds or a nanosecond. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, look around the room. She's standing in front of you. She's not over there in front of the man of God. Because you are the man of God for this woman. Newsflash. And so we get to do this. Yeah. Actually, we get a B. If it gets into do, then it becomes a project. And then you lose joy. Instead, wow, I get to come and be what this person needs. Because I have Jesus in me. I'm carrying him. And now I get to give him away. And actually work with him. Partnership, and then I'm going to go on to our list. Partnership defined as an association of two or more people as partners. Also can include collaboration. I love to collaborate with heaven. Coalition, alliance, association, union. Can be both the natural unions as in a work setting, but union. A meeting of similar minds, like-minded people. That's what we're, we love these four in the front. We always look forward to camp. We didn't get to go last year. But it's because that we get to collaborate. We get to rub shoulders with each other, find out how the last year went. And then we get to really enter into fresh, fresh places with the Lord. Together in a beautiful setting. There's... <laughs> Coeur d'Alene's beautiful, so is Glacier Park. And a whole different ballgame. They don't have quite the lake we have other than at Flathead. Flathead Lake, does it's phenomenal. But anyway, so we get to come into union. I always share this story when John and I first married. You know, you become one. Took us a while to decide which one we were going to (laughs) be. I was a baby in the family. I think I thought life was all about me. <laughs> it is. It is, isn't it, Jeannie? Yes. It is. And we actually sing the song to our daughter. It's all about you, Megan. <laughs> all this is for you. And she loves it. But even though she's 30, <laughs> she still thinks it's all about her, that she was the one that was texting me or calling me. But um, where was I at here? Got sidetracked by... I think of my daughter. Oh, yeah, becoming one. Yeah, so, <laughs> but with him, you come into union with him, and it's all about him. But you know what's really beautiful about that picture? 
that really to him it's all about you. The king of the universe thinks it's all about you. When he was hanging on the cross, you were on his mind. The joy set before him was you. It was you, Rita. It was you, Nympha. Nifa. Did I say that right? Sorry. It was all about you. And yet when we're with him, it's all about him. But see the reciprocity that happens. When you, like that that day I was sitting there writing my book, when it became all about him, then it became all about me. And him, he gave me the most beautiful, for hours, this incredible download happened. I lost track of time because I took time for him first. Going on to the Coco Bliss list. Running out of time myself. So anyway, um, we have a friend, Justin Abraham from Wales, and he's been a really dear friend. He looks at us kind of like a mom and a dad, and um, he has an incredible ministry there in Wales and all over the world. And he's actually traveled with us to the Philippines. He's been at our church several times. He's coming again in September. And he, he is like the prophet of bliss, <laughs> kind of like George and Bannon. <laughs> Yeah, he and Justin do well together. Don't get much done because <laughs> they're both just lost in, in loving on Jesus. But anyway, he had started with teaching us on how we are co, co with Jesus. Okay, so he had uh, part of a list and then I just took it and ran with it and actually uh, shared it back with him. So <laughs> he expanded his list. I was quite honored. I was like, what? The man of God. (laughs) And I've never been one that was like in awe of people. But when you hang with people that hang in heaven a lot, it's, wow, he makes you want to do that more. That's where he wears off on me a lot. But uh, anyway, so I give an explanation of who he is and all that kind of stuff. But the first one I already mentioned, co-partaker. That's first on my list because I believe when you realize that, the rest kind of come into play. And so co-partaker, 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4, and then I give you Romans 12, 2. Um, and I already kind of alluded to that one. So, But I put it here, as he is, so are we in the earth. If it's true of Jesus, it's true of me. Can you make that leap? I... Not just here. Can you bring it into your heart and embrace it? Ah, you mean when I'm out at the store, my husband's believing for revival in Walmart aisle number four. (laughs) That came to him, oh my, 15 years ago? I don't know. But he wanted to make people have a practical mindset of how it works out there. That doesn't mean we have to go. People have done this, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to go into aisle four at Walmart, get out your Bible, have a keyboard. I mean, some people have done those mob, flash mobs or whatever in stores, and I love them. They're really cool. But you don't have to do that. 
Your very presence on aisle four in Walmart. That's right. So there are days we'll be at Walmart. We didn't have time to do it yesterday. We were there with Fred. Maybe that, is that where you went when I couldn't find you? (laughs) I couldn't find him. He'll go, Ruth, I'll be right back. I'm going over to aisle four. That's what he does. Because there's something so simple about that and so practical. See, let's, let's make this doable. Let's make this practical. Oh no, let's see, wait. You know, in aisle four, we've got to like sing the Lord's Prayer, which is my favorite prayer in the world, so please hear me on that. If God tells you to sing the Lord's Prayer in aisle four, please do it. You do it. (laughs) Please do it. (laughs) Yeah. But I, oh, do you want to say something? I'm just going to. Hey, yeah. we do this a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, I know you got to get through your list. And, well, so anyway, I just wanted to just come uh, in reference to what she was talking about, you know, getting from here to here. Actually, in heaven's eyes, this is your first brain. The heart is the first brain. Intelligentsia gets in the way sometimes. You know, we try and work things out, figure things out. If you're a thinker, you're always thinking and you're always trying to figure out what the next plan is when we need to really embrace from here and saying, Lord, what, what does heaven have to say about it? And then it can go to there for wisdom to be able to figure it out. That's kind of how we roll. So. <clears throat> Let's go on to co-create. I have a bunch of verses there. I'm just going to read this one. Actually, I think there's two. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. My husband teaches on this a lot. We frame our present and future by what we speak. You wake up in the morning and you say, ugh. It's morning again. You just framed that day. That's not to bring condemnation because you can turn it around. How many days have I woke up and said <laughs> right? And he'll remind me, Ruth, you just framed your day. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked him. <laughs> Woo. Anyway. Just being, just being honest here. Um, or you wake up and you go, wow, this is going to be a great day. And at 2 o'clock, something maybe tragic happens. Maybe that will look great. But had you said, ugh, it's morning. And then at 2 o'clock that happened. You might be in a world of hurt. But since you declared, I, I do a teaching on you can command your morning. That's kind of what it has to do with. You wake up in the morning and you declare his word over the day. Not your feeling and not your emotion. Which, that's our default. Get rid of that default system now. (laughs) Get a new OS. (laughs) Get a new operating system. Wow, I used that in a sentence, babe. And I I used to not, what's OS? What does this mean, default? You have to change your BS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother. (laughs) 
That's your belief. That, yeah, that's, that's your belief, system. Belief, system. belief system. I take notes a lot, so I abbreviate it BS. <laughs> and a friend was reading my notes, and she's like, "You put BS in your notes?" <laughs> yeah. It, no, it's belief system. I just didn't put a key at the top of my notes because I know what it means. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Anyway, I won't go there. But when we co-create, we come alongside, we see what what Yeshua wants us to do. And we're not out there creating, you know, new trees necessarily. Or, you know, we're not redoing his creation. But we can co-create how our life is going. How it's going to operate with him. But in order to do that, you have to do what? You have to spend time with him. You have to know what his heart is. We have to be people of intimacy. We have another friend, Paula Benny, and she says, when she says intimacy, she says, into me, see. She writes it that way. And to me, that really explains a lot of what goes on with intimacy and to me, and we're seeing into him. So co-creating, keep going, co-operate. Notice the I put a hyphen between. Okay, so we're co-operating with him. I come into alignment with the plan of heaven and what is on my scroll that John mentioned last night, and then I yield all my members. That's my whole body. To see it accomplished. I just realized I don't think I put 1 Corinthians 12 in there. I should have. Because that's where all of our members, that's the list where he goes through and about the body parts. And it speaks corporately, but it also speaks individually. So I yield all my members. I can't yield all of Michelle's members. <laughs> she has to do that. But I yield all that I am, all that he's made me to be. I cooperate. I lean into him. I love the story in Song of Solomon where the, the um, bride and groom, they come out of the wilderness. And it says that she was leaning on her beloved. And if you look into the whole Hebrew of that it actually says, it means that you couldn't tell where one started and one ended. Oh, that's how I want to be, the one. I want to be one with him so that when you guys see me, you see him and not me. Although he does want people to see us. Okay? I don't want to diminish he loves us. He, you know, so it doesn't that he does away with us. No, he wants all of us. Like in a marriage. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you get half of me. We've done that to him for so long. You can have this part. But oh, don't you dare send me to Africa because I ain't going there. <laughs> we had a friend do that. Guess where he went? <laughs> like four times. <clears throat> we have to give it all. We lean in. We cooperate. We're co-included. Your co-inclusion, this is out of the mirror translation I wrote here. Your co-inclusion in Christ is what God's faith knew. 
when he powerfully raised him from the dead. I am amazed that he has included me in it all and at every level I left the D off of. And I tried to proofread this this morning. Oops, missed it. Um, I stand amazed (laughs) that he included me, included me. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could save me. A sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful. So I stand amazed when I sit and think of these. Wow, you included me. I used to say little old me from court. Like, I don't know. I don't do that anymore. Because right. that's not how he sees me. He does not see you as little old somebody from Genoa. He sees you as his son, daughter, his bride, the one he is raising to be his dread champion. Can you believe it? Gideon. Jesus saw him as a dread champion long before he was a dread champion. Someone needs to get this this morning. Has nothing to do with whether you're hiding in the vat (laughs) or out doing it. (laughs) Co-included. Powerfully raised Jesus from the dead. And then he included us in that. We are co-heirs. I love that one too. Joint heirs, we used to call that. Because we are his offspring. Say, I am his offspring. We qualify. Say, I qualify to be his heir. You believe it? The next time the enemy comes and says, oh, you're not worthy. You know what I do? I know I'm not, but he made me worthy. Oh, I should say, I know I wasn't. I didn't feel worthy, but I am worthy because he made me worthy. He says I'm worthy, and I'm not about to, you've already known, I've shared some of my honest arguments with God. (laughs) I don't argue with him on that one anymore. Because Jesus himself, we were his joy, set before him. And he said, he looked ahead, oh, (laughs) they're worthy. I'll hang here gladly. See, I believe that the Romans did not take Jesus' life. The Jews didn't. He gave it willingly. He would have crawled up on the cross all by himself. (laughs) So when we beat up the Romans or the Jews for killing Jesus, we would have done the same thing. Maybe we wouldn't ourselves. But the people, if you were alive then... You'd get caught up in that frenzy. Give us Barabbas. And yet we we harshly judge them. And you've got to realize Yeshua was on a mission. And until it was fulfilled, he was following that. So he did it willingly. He gave up his life. We are co-holy. This one, a lot of people stumble on that. Because you look at your life and it doesn't look real holy. Uh, I wasn't real holy last night when whatever, fill in the blank. Or this morning, that thought that came in my head, oh, it's morning again. 
didn't sound like a real holy thought. Try to rectify that. I spoke last weekend on that we have the mind of Christ. That'll help you. If you fully realize you have the mind of Christ, it will not be so stumbling over to say that you are holy. Now you may have places in your life that need to catch up with that statement. But he says it. He sees it. Yeah, he sees it as well. On the very account that what is written in prophetic scripture and echoed in your innermost being already mirrors the life of your design. You are free (laughs) to be who you are. As it is written, I am, therefore you are. I am holy, separated unto you, and invite you to explore the same completeness of your being in me. Say, I am in him. He's in me. So I encourage you to explore. (laughs) Explore it. Find out. Don't just take my word for it. Let him tell you. There is nothing so mind-boggling that when you're sitting in intimacy with him and he starts telling you some of these things and you're going, oh, oh my goodness. Because you're hearing it from him. I also tell people that are looking for a prophetic word. I still give them the prophetic word, but I always say, you know what? If God can give me a prophetic word for you, he'd really rather give you the prophetic word himself. He's face-to-face encounter. That's what he's about. Yeah. Did you get that, Joshua? Yeah. You just got it. I heard that. Face-to-face encounter. He wants to give you the words himself. But he did send in his mercy. Sometimes we're not able to hear. or It does help to get a confirmation. Otherwise, you're sitting there going, was that me? Or Like I said, did they eat too much pizza? Whatever we try to figure out. Co-crucified. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life. And it means abandoning our old ways. Co-crucified. He took us there. We should have been hanging there. But he did it for us. Co-suffer. A lot of people don't like this one. (laughs) We love the message of grace, but sometimes that, what do they call that? Sloppy grace? Sloppy agape. Kind of gives us the impression that we'll never suffer. Oh, yeah. Life is just roses. We tell we tell new believers that sometimes. Oh, just come to Jesus and everything will be wonderful. Well, we forget to tell them, come to Jesus, he'll be with you. Not everything is outside, you know, wonderful. But the wonderful part is that he's with you. That's what's different than when you live without him. And so, you know, we don't want to just say it's all roses, but it's all It can all be filled with joy. So co-suffering, because we are his offspring, we qualify to be heirs. God himself is our portion. The song, Oh, How He Loves. He is my portion. 
We are his prize. Or we are his portion. I get that mixed up. But we're his portion. He literally is blessed by us. Ah! Think on that a little bit. Co-resurrected and co-raised. Now in light of your co-inclusion that I mentioned in his death and resurrection, whoever you thought you were before in Christ, you are a brand new person. Say, I'm a brand new person. And our friend uh, Justin has written a book called Beyond Human. And he uses this term kainos. We're a kainos generation. Kainos equals new creation or a new species never seen before. How about that one? (laughs) The old way of seeing yourself and everyone is and everyone is over. Acquaint yourself with the new you. Even if you have to do a prophetic act and say, Hello, Ruth. (laughs) Meet your new you. We do prophetic acts not just to be silly, but sometimes moving your body, you know, speaking words gets it. And in here, both places. So I do that. We, We practice. I'm, and I said, I must interject here. This is what I love to share. I've been to the garden tomb. He's not there. And I'm not there either. I knew he wasn't there, but it was sure fun to go in there the first time. He was not there. And I wasn't there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Think on that one. Co-constructed. First Peter 2, 5, and 6. And you are living stones that God... Oops, I left off the big G there. I meant... You guys can write it. In building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy... You are his holy... What? Priests? You are his holy priests. It doesn't say you are his almost holy. You are his partially there. Right? It says you are. <laughs> Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who would trust in him will never be disgraced. I'd like to pause from time to time just to let you Especially when you read the mirror Bible, the mirror translation, there's a lot of words in there. <laughs> so sometimes I have to sit and go, okay, I take them one by one. Let it get in there. The Claussens, they, they've been here a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. When we've, sometimes when we're with them, um, we sit and read the mirror translation together. And usually by the end, we're on the couches just kind of, oh, Jesus is so good. Especially Amy. Oh no, I actually equally Johnny. <laughs> I, yeah, it's not just Amy. <laughs> oh. Co-comprehended. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? <laughs> we can't. But we understand and comprehend these things. For we have the mind of Christ. 
could see more about that one because there's a whole teaching on having the mind of Christ. Even when you don't feel like it. It does not go by your behavior, although your behavior sure interrupts the way you walk it out. That does matter. You can't say, oops, I'm only human. What's that all? Sounds like gospel. I'm only human. <laughs> I'm just a man. I was like, no, I'm a woman. I, I, I can't relate to that. <laughs> but that's how we've acted for so long. Oops. No repentance. Just, oops. Oh, my bad. That's what our culture does. Oh, instead of I lied, I misspoke. Get you off the hook. It does, I won't go there because me and Jeannie would start a, (laughs) we'd reverberate off each other. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Mm. Co-revealed. We are we being co-revealed in the same bliss. Uh, I like to wish people happy birthday blessings, and I think they thought my, you know, I typed the wrong letter. Correct the was the auto correct tries to change it to blessings. I'm like no, I meant blessings. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not happy. I mean, I'm not. Mad. <laughs> I'm happy, happy. <laughs> Just mad at my computer. <laughs> we are joined in oneness. And that term there is actually hypostatic union. That means you just come into oneness. It means the story I just told you can't find where one begins and the other one ends. That's hypostatic union. And he says that that's what we can enjoy. Part of being partaker in his divine nature. We are joined in oneness with him. Just as his life reveals you, your life reveals him. His life reveals you. That's where it's all about you at those moments. When we say it's all about him, (coughs) co-alive. For in him, y'all know this one, we live and move and have our being. You sing that. Maybe you guys still do. Song, a chorus about that. And ease on this is as even some of your poets have said. Poets have said, have said. (laughs) There's another typo. For we also are his children. We are only alive by being in him. I'm in him. God made me alive together with Christ. How can any human effort improve on this? Because I'm beyond human now, anyway. (laughs) Oh, wow. When I see these typos, I really uh, just rush through it too much, I guess. You know, when you type it up to be your notes and then you decide to make it a handout. I used to be, I actually would uh, proofread books. 
as for people that are writing. I still have done a few. <laughs> but I was like, whoa, yeah, that would, that could have been put in a book. <laughs> have said, have said. And okay, the terms co-crucified and co-alive define me now. Can you say that? The terms co-crucified and co-alive define me now. Christ in me and I in him. Have you heard that a few times today? (laughs) Co-identified in Christ. The many individuals are all part of the same body and members of one another. Oh, here's where I put uh, 1 Corinthians 12, but I don't see it up there in the list. Where it says Colossians 2... 11 and 12, yeah, somehow we're supposed to have 1 Corinthians there. We are the, we are, (laughs) we are in a new era of the new man. Or we are the, anyway, I misspelled, I apologize folks. Yeah, we're the main. (laughs) We're the meme, I guess. We're the meme era (laughs) of the new man. There's a new spiritual truth. Within this new man, there is nothing old. Wow. Yeah, this is, yeah, that's a, the Holy Spirit put that in there. <laughs> Got a hold of my computer. I don't recall even. It does work. Yeah, I guess it does. Within this new man, there is nothing old. There cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free man. All of these are of the old things. In the new man, everything is Christ. Christ is all and in all. Moving right along. Co-buried, baptized. I already mentioned about buried and resurrected, but co-buried and baptized. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. We had the privilege, uh, our last time in Israel was at three years ago. We've been to the Jordan River several times. But we have friends that have the Aliyah Return Center on the Jordan River, the east side. It's a beautiful place. If you ever go to Israel, you have to visit the Aliyah Return Center. And I might interject, we're going in March. If anyone's interested, we're taking a tour in March. And we do interesting tours. We go where the buses, even though we take a bus, we limit it to one bus because then we all get the same tour guide and we're all together. And uh, so we go where most buses don't go or can't go, but we know how to get there. <laughs> so we have just a beautiful time. Um, and anyway, so what I was going to share was we were at the Aliyah Return Center and we were there for their Shabbat Friday night. But before Shabbat happened, they took us out to the river and we were actually baptized. It's kind of low there. So we were baptized face first. Well, some went back, but, <laughs> and some of us started to float down the river. It's going pretty fast there, but the glory hit. And some of us were laying in the river, <coughs> just having fun <laughs> while the others were doing the baptism. We just were laying there. Then somewhere up on the banks and it was a powerful moment to be, and I, I was baptized as a child, but you know, I found there's times of the Jewish people do the mikvah, so they wash themselves many times. And so, um, I found seasons in my life, I just want to be washed from this residue, let alone I really wanted to 
go, that part of the river is really clean. <laughs> they say that Jesus was baptized, but really he wasn't baptized there. But when a, he was baptized probably between there and where we were baptized. But now you can't get to that part of the river. It's kind of grown over. But um, anyway, it, it's like, wow, those moments when you realize, okay, we can pray it, just wash me. We don't necessarily have to go in the river. But I just really felt a need to. And uh, you come up a different person every time. Co-complete. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, how can that be? <laughs> I am now complete in him. Again, I'm a partaker in his divine nature. And in him, I have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. We talked about that last night. The fullness of his stature. Co-righteous. Goes along right with that. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Co-circumcision. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands but by the spiritual circumcision of Christ in the stripping off of the body of the flesh, the sinful carnal nature, stripped away. Remember when um, Paul was sent to the Gentiles and his brain was, or his thought was, they all have to be circumcised. It's like, can't be in Christ without circumcision. Tell that to a 40-year-old man, right? (laughs) Okay, y'all, line up here. But thank God we're we're part of the the new covenant. They didn't all have to do that. They still were received by Christ. Because it's the circumcision of the heart. We have a friend, Daniel and Robbie Grether from Spokane, and they actually have a ministry that focuses on that. That's their main focus. It can be a painful experience. But oh, what a beautiful result when all of that gets stripped away. We are co-glorified. One of our favorite passages. John was able to uh, go to India and spend one month several years ago and he taught in a Bible school and he taught on John 17. That was his, he would teach every day and then speak at night. And then weekends at churches and all of that. But John 17, and all these things that are mine are yours. And I am glorified in them. I have given them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected and completed into one. We are his glory. You're co-glorified. We are his glory. You carry it. 
You're carrying it, you might as well live like it, right? Might as well, you might as well get the full benefits of it. It's incredible. If you're living without the benefits of some of these things, you can start doing it today. (laughs) Have that revelation. We're co-justified. Remember, God's justice is in our justice. So sometimes justice looks different, but this is a part of justice when Jesus carried our sins to the cross and justified us. Jew and Gentile alike were equally guilty. Now we are equally justified because of Jesus and for no other reason. The word justified means pronounced or treated as righteous. Wow. Co-quickened. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in me, you, right? We also give life. He will also give life to your mortal bodies. That's our physical bodies through his spirit who lives in you. He will quicken. There's a quickening. It's like when the woman that touched the hem, the tzitzis, those strings that are on the tallit, that's what she got a hold of. Pushing through the crowd. It's like virtue. Okay. There's a quickening that happens. And it's tied right into that. His virtue. He will quicken you with his virtue. Co-labor. For we are God's fellow workers. Laborers. His servants working together. You are God's cultivated field. His garden. I'm his garden. So we need to cultivate our soil, cultivate it so that he can plant seeds that can bring fruit and prosper. We are fellow workers, his servants. Uh We are his garden, his vineyard. What comes out of the vineyard? (laughs) Grapes. What comes out of the grapes? Wine, new wine. We've visited vineyards in in France. That is fun. They were just going to get ready to harvest them. So they were plump. The wine is in the cluster. It was it's just a really neat experience to go and see those vineyards, just miles of them. And then we pulled off on one of their little service roads and walked and we got up close and took pictures of these grapes ready for harvest. Wow, and that we are. We've been through the wine press, maybe. <laughs> we come out as sweet wine, the best wine. We are co-employed by God. You are God's agricultural field. Or in another context, you are his building. He's the architect and engineer of the life of your design. I combine the Amplified and the Mirror Bible. I love to study with the Amplified. I will gladly lean into him and his will. It's a joy to co-labor with Christ. The results are exponential. It's not one plus one. It's ten times, ten times, ten times. It's exponential. The results are exponential. It's for building his kingdom. We are co-conquerors. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. I'm just kind of skimming here. Co-healing. Not that these aren't important, but as you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead. That's part of the kingdom. 
Cleanse those who have leprosy. It's quite a list. This is basic Christianity 101 in this list. That's what it is. David Hogan. Have you all? Yeah. That's what he calls this. This is basic Christianity. To be a part of his ministry, you have to have raised at least three people from the dead. Yeah. Wow. All authority, say all. All. In heaven and on earth has been given to me. It doesn't say, although it, it means it's been given to your, the one sitting next to you, but this is personal. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. In us, God desires to exhibit the priceless treasure of Christ's indwelling. I'm going to go on here. Co-defined, Christ defines you. Now you, and this is collectively, are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. What is the role of Ephesians 4.11? To equip the body to do the work of the ministry. This is where your gifts, where your passions, where your callings come into play. And we as leaders get to just come and pull it out of you. And then say, okay, go be. It's a longer verse. I want to see I read more of that. Who according to his abundant and boundless mercy caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. To an ever living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus. Bless out. <laughs> wow. Can you just lift your hands? Actually, you can stand and lift your hands. Who, according to his abundant and boundless mercy, caused you to be born again, To be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for his purpose. To an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus. We declare that in this house. That this entire list is for them. To be partakers of. To co-labor. To co-create. To co-all the above. Co-included. Oh. Oh, what bliss. (laughs) Oh, what bliss to know. This is for us. Oh, what bliss. Have you had blissful moments with him? Every time I'm with him, there's still a bliss. Even when it's tough times, there's still that joy and bliss. Set 
Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk in this. Yeah, that's good. Rise up and walk in this. Be this to a lost and dying world. Be the light. Let's be the change. Be the light. Be the light in the darkness. Take it on. Say, I'm all in. In fact, I'm going to have you take that step. If you can, if you have to step out in the aisle. By one on the count of three, I want you to take a step and say, I'm all in. One, two, three. I'm all in. I'm all yours. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm all in. Take another deep breath and let it out. Lord, I just ask that you would saturate us (laughs) with your bliss. The bliss of knowing you first and then the bliss of co-working with you. The joy. Oh, what joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Oh, that we would enter in. Oh, that we would enter into the fullness of that. Do that a few times. Just, I'm just feeling a like a kabod, a weight of His glory. will be multifaceted in this room. Respond. Respond to him. Respond. 
just to explain a little bit, John was recently gifted this drum. A friend who actually received the drum from our very dear Native American friend that makes drums, Jerry Chapman in Washington State. And he used to play it for the heartbeat of the Father. Anytime he senses that the Father's heartbeat needed to be released. So he did that, and I I just could really feel the heartbeat of the Father going to each one of you, highlighting. I believe he's highlighting. He doesn't have to highlight the whole list unless you're really a list person and want the whole list. And I mean, he, he intends for us to operate in that whole list. Don't get me wrong. But I believe he wants to highlight certain parts of that list that are truly for you today. So I just want to ask, I ask him to highlight. Highlight what's on that list for you. Might be different than coming across the aisle or in front of you. Just highlight it. And most of all, let your heart beat, oh God. Let your heart beat beat it into my heart. That it becomes a part of me. Not just something I have to do that's added to my to-do list. It'll actually be a part of me. When people look at you, they'll, they'll see you operating in that. Thank you, Lord, for these that have come today. Just be released within them that they'll expand their capacity as they go out and these things come apart, become a part of their daily life. In your name. Amen. says in this world you will have tribulation right it's going to be there no matter how we choose to start our day how much more when we choose to start our day setting our mind as a son a daughter of the living God pressing into what he's highlighted through this list through Christianity 101, right? It's Christianity 101, and you can go through, well, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. Are you living it? How much has it worked in? How much has it worked out? Still working on Christianity 101. (laughs) We all are. That's the difference of how we start our day. That's the difference because now if I start my day my heart, my mind set on Him. Then I'm prepared for when that tribulation comes. Then I'm prepared to speak kingdom, to be kingdom, to be His heart, His hands, His breath. Then I'm prepared to lay hands on the sick. Then I'm prepared to raise the dead. It's good. So good. So, Father, we desire greater and more revelation. 
We want you to just continue to take us from glory to glory. We pray that you would would offend our minds. Father, just offend our minds. Because we want to be just seated in heavenly places to know that as fact and move and work and operate from that place so that every day, every moment, we're just bringing heaven to earth. Even as you taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only way we can do that is to be first seated in heavenly places. So, Father, just make that. Help us to step into the fullness of that reality just more and more and more. Mm. And we just we give you all glory and honor and praise. And we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you all coming out. Again, I encourage you to come join us later on. Take a deep, take another deep breath. You might smell a little brisket, a little hint of it in the air. Right? <laughs> I love invitations. Um, Ruth had mentioned, Ruth had mentioned that um, in March of next year, uh, we get to go home <laughs> to, to Jerusalem.